When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 60 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Judy Canova started out in show business as part of a family vaudeville routine with her sister Annie and brother Zeke, performing as the three Georgia Crackers. Her main bit was as a country bumpkin, and she wore her hair in braids, going barefoot with a straw hat and yodeling and playing guitar. She was offered a spot on the Fleischman's House by Rudy Valley in 1931, and her career began to take off. The Canova family performed on Broadway and in minor features before Judy went solo. She became Republic Pictures' leading female star for several years in a string of movies in the 1940s, then signed with Columbia Pictures and made three big films, then went back to Republic and made six more films through 1955. In 1943, she was offered her own radio show, The Judy Canova Show, that ran for 12 years on CBS and then NBC Radio. The show began as a comedy variety format, but switched to a situation comedy where Judy plays a fictionalized version of herself as an Ozark bumpkin, dividing her time between her home and Southern California. Some of her regular co-stars were Mel Blanc, Ruby Dandridge, and Joseph Kearns. Her radio and film career ended when the show ended in 1955. She went on to do some stage work afterwards, including some nightclubs in Las Vegas, and appeared as a guest on several TV shows throughout the 50s and 60s. She died in 1983. Charlotte Greenwood also got her start on Broadway in vaudeville and became famous for her height at almost six feet and her long legs and high kicks. Although she starred in several silent films in the 19-teens, she was best known for her extensive stage work at the time. With the advent of sound films, she starred in over 20 movies between 1925 and 1956. She also had her own radio program, The Charlotte Greenwood Show, from 1944 to 1946, on ABC and then NBC Radio, starting out as a summer replacement for The Bob Hope Show. A situation comedy, it featured Greenwood as herself, working as a cub reporter for a small newspaper as research for a future film role. Later, the story changed to her raising three children after her best friend died. Others in the cast were Edward Ryan, John Brown, Charles Cantor, and Edward Arnold. Greenwood died in 1977. Now sit back and enjoy the February 28th, 1948 broadcast of the Judy Canova Show and the June 3rd, 1945 broadcast of the Charlotte Greenwood Show. From Hollywood, the Judy Canova Show. Brought to you each week by the Colgate Palm Olive Pete Company, makers of Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair. And the new 1948 Super Suds with extra suds for extra fighting. The Judy Canova Show with Mel Blanc, Ruby Dandridge, Joe Kearns, Ruth Perrett, Gail Gordon, Alan Reed, The Sportsman, Charles Danton, his orchestra, and starring Judy Canova. (laughs) 
It's easy, so easy, so easy to do. To make him say CC just when he won't agree is very easy. It's easy. When you know how. It's easy, so easy, so easy to do. To get a kiss or two when he refuses you is very easy. It's easy. When you know how. No, no, to your many charms. Move a little closer, then you're in his arms. So follow him, my friend, until the very end. To make him love you, it's easy. When you know how. It's easy, so easy, so easy to do. It's easy. When you know how. Well, if you were an important radio star, you'd probably buy every newspaper you could get your hands on in order to see if your name or your picture was in it. For instance, the other day, I was out at Judy's house, and she was clipping publicity items for her scrapbook. Howard, look at this newspaper item about me. I think it's terrible. Well, what does it say, Judy? It says, Judy Canova rose from mighty circumstances to her present position. She is entirely a self-made girl. Huh. Oh, what's so terrible about that? Aren't you a self-made girl? If I was self-made, do you think I'd put myself together like this? <laughs> you know something, Howard? I'm just having an awful time finding my picture in any of these newspapers. Oh, but Judy, here's your picture right here. What's wrong with this? Oh, the picture's all right, but to put it in with an auto-repair ad. <laughs> just, just, just look what it says under my picture. Look at that. If your chassis is twisted... And your bumper is out of shape. Don't be discouraged. Look what we did for this hopeless wreck. <laughs> Howard, I'm getting more and more convinced that that Breezy Jones, my press agent, don't get me the right kind of publicity. Ah, but Judy, didn't he pull a big publicity stunt for you last week? Well, he had me drive a car in downtown Los Angeles with a blindfold over my eyes so I couldn't see where I was going. Well, didn't you attract a lot of attention? Nobody even noticed me. I drove just like the rest of the Los Angeles drivers. <laughs> Say, by the way, Howard, Breezy Jones is coming over today to take some more publicity pictures. Oh, well, then you probably want to get yourself fixed up, Judy, so I'll run along. See you later. Bye, Howard. Geranium. Oh, Geranium. Yeah, Miss Judy. Geranium, I want to get as glamorous as I can for some publicity pictures. Would you fix me up? Miss Judy, I've got the glamour stuff right here. Well, shoot it to me. Yeah, it's a bottle of Kid Beautifier called La Jure L'Amour Hubba Hubba Griffith Park. Woohoo! <laughs> well, tell me now, does it really do the trick, Geranium? Does it? Honey says right here on this bottle, a small portion of this lotion gives your man oceans of emotional notions. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll try some later, Geranium. Right now, I want you to put some of them invisible hairpins in my hair. Did you get some? I sure did, Miss Judy. Well, now, are you sure they're invisible? Invisible? Ha, <laughs> ha! Honey, the man at the store said they'd been out of them for three weeks and he's still selling them. 
sure hope that press agent has got some good ideas for publicity this time. Well, you know, Miss Judy, I got a lot of publicity once done to start on a radio quiz program. Yeah, I was a flagpole sitter. No fooling. Yeah, honey. <laughs> I sure look funny sitting up there on that pole for three days. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah, a little boy came along. He said, look, Mama, that blimp is still fastened to the mooring mast. <laughs> What world is all that hammering about? Oh, it's Pedro. He's on that ladder right outside your window. Well, you run along and get my hat, so I'll be ready for the publicity pictures. I'm going to open the window and find out what Pedro's doing. Pedro! Oh, Pedro! Pardon me for talking in your face, Senorita. <laughs> Pedro, Pedro, what are you doing up there on that ladder? Well, Senorita, I am putting up a radio aerial so I can hear your program better. Oh, well, that's nice. That's nice, but why are you hammering so hard? No nails. <laughs> well, Senorita, are you going to be on a television? Mm, could be. Why? Well, I am saving up all my money to buy a television set. Golly, it's got me all excited. You mean you can't wait to see what those wrestlers do when they get a man in the ring? No, I can't wait to see what Dr. IQ does when he gets a lady in a balcony. <laughs> Senorita, I sure like to listen to your radio program. Oh, I'm glad to hear it, Paige. I even made up a little poem. Maybe you can use it. A poem? How does it go? Like this. Mary had a little skunk. Its fleece was black as ink. And when she brought it into school, it caused an awful lot of trouble. Oh, thanks, Pedro. I'll use it some night when I want to get off the air in a hurry. Well, I am all through my work now, so I will go for my lunch. Esta mañana. A tasty banana to you too, Pedro. <laughs> Mr. Breezy Jones is here to see you. Never mind introducing me, Toots. I'm already in. Hello, sweetheart. I brought over your press clip. And sweetheart, they love you. They love you all over the country. Ah, uh, you're just the fella I Davey, want... look at the publicity break for you. Quote, the opening premiere of Archer Triumph drew a capacity crowd of Hollywood celebrities. When Lana Turner arrived, 20 photographers snapped their cameras. When Ingrid Bergman arrived, 30 photographers snapped their cameras. And when Judy Canova arrived... Two kids snapped their bubble gum. <laughs> yeah. Freezy, Freezy, why don't you give me publicity like the other stars get? Now look what it says here in the morning paper. Right here. Rita Hayworth has been attending the dog races at Meadowbrook where the surf meets the turf. And what does it say about you? <laughs> says... Judy Canova has been going to the dogs at Tismo Beach where the debris meets the sea. Breezy, <laughs> sometimes I think you don't know the first thing about publicity. Sweetheart, how can you say that? Why, I'm the man who made California oranges popular. You are not. You're not. My brother Zeke made California oranges popular. He worked at a place where they crated them. Well, how could he make California oranges popular? Well, every time he came to a bad one, he stamped it Florida. 
<laughs> was a mean trick till he got the idea in Florida. <laughs> yeah, he used to sap Admiral Halsey on all the naval oranges. <laughs> Sweetheart, you're forgetting that terrific campaign I put on for you. Didn't I get you all them titles? What title? Miss Avocado of 1947, the girl with the crooked stems. Uh, Miss Income Tax of 1948, just take a look at this complicated form and make your own deductions. Crazy, that terrible publicity. Baby, you keep fighting me. I'm Breezy Jones, press agent. I'm no Jay Gordon Manfield. Manfield? Who's he? Who is J. Gordon Manfield? That's what they said. Well, lady, he's only the greatest public relations counsel in the country. If it wasn't for him, half the thrones in Europe would have vacancy signs on them. When he made nylons popular, he put ten billion silkworms out of business. And just this year, he gave the women of America the new look. He raised men's curiosity by hiding what they like to see. <laughs> He did all that? Yeah, honey, and that ain't all. When he takes a client, he tells her what to say, what to wear, how to dress, and where to go. Well, then he's my boy. Oh, sweetheart, Jake Gordon Manfield wouldn't handle you for a million bucks. Get wise to yourself, baby. You've been getting by all this time without any S.A. at sex appeal. Yeah, and from now on, you're going to get by on your S.S. and U.I. What's that? Social Security and Unemployment Insurance. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello is the shampoo that glorifies your hair. So, hello, everybody. Hello. Use Halo Shampoo if you want naturally bright and beautiful hair. Yes, soaping your hair with even finest liquid or cream shampoos hides its natural luster with dulling soap film. But Halo contains no soap. Made with a new patented ingredient, Halo cannot leave dulling film. Halo reveals the true color and brilliance of your hair the very first time you use it. Leaves it shimmering with glorious, natural highlights. And even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather. Halo carries away loose dandruff and dirt like magic. Needs no lemon or vinegar rinses. Use Halo on your children's hair, too. Say hello to Halo Shampoo. Goodbye to dulling soap film. Get Halo at any cosmetic counter. And remember, soaping dulls hair, Halo glorifies it. So hello, everybody, Halo. Halo Shampoo, Halo. because Judy is dissatisfied with the kind of publicity she's been getting, she's determined to see the famous public relations counsel, J. Gordon Manfield, and convince him that he should guide and manage her career. At the moment, Mr. Manfield's secretary is talking on the telephone in his office. Australia calling? Uh, sorry, Mr. Manfield is busy. London calling? Oh, sorry, he's talking to Moscow. What? Oh, just a moment, I'll see how long he's going to be. What's that? Товарищ, панедельник воскресенье, братцы признает, да-да-да, не построен, спасибо, вторник, нет-нет-нет. No, no, it's no use, Joe. I suggest you stay there in the Kremlin. Your act will never be popular here in America. <laughs> Mr. Manfield, I'm 
Stanfield, London is calling. No more calls today, Miss Hickson. I can't seem to find the one type of client I want to handle. Just what are you looking for? Miss Hickson, I'm fed up with sprinkling stardust on gold-plated personalities. If only I could find someone real. Someone without any affectation or superficiality. I'd pick her up and mold her as a sculptor would a piece of common clay. She must glow with the inner spark of talent, but above all, she must be genuine. She must ring true. Ah, if I could only find her. The one girl who is absolutely simple. Howdy, Mr. Manfield. <laughs> I'm sorry, miss. You're just a little too late. Mr. Manfield hired a scrub woman this morning. Uh, don't worry, lady. I ain't gonna take your job away from you. <laughs> Young woman, this is not a public thoroughfare. Is it your custom to march into a private office without an appointment? Well, Mr. Manfield, I know this is kind of informal-like, but I've been told I need a public relations counselor and that you're the best. See, I'm Judy Canova, and I've got a radio program of my own. Miss Canova, in coming here, you're wasting both your time and mine. I'm a very busy man. I accept very few clients. And what is more, I have never even heard your radio program. Oh, well, golly, you ought to listen to it. I sing a few songs and cut a few didos. <laughs> cut a few didos. A few didos. <laughs> I haven't heard that expression in 20 years. <laughs> well, I brung along a recording with me. Can I play it on that machine over there? Cut a few didos. <laughs> Uh, a recording. Oh, yes, yes. Go ahead and play it, if you like. This is the part where I sing. Put on a skillet, put on a lead. Mammy's going to make a little shortening bread. That ain't all she's going to do. Mammy's going to make a little coffee, too. Mammy's little baby loves shortening, shortening. Mammy's little baby loves shortening bread. Mammy's little baby loves shortening, shortening. Mammy's little baby loves shortening bread. Two little children laid in a bed. Heels cracked open like chocolate bread. Fifty-two. Oh, but said. But I'm going to fall about the chocolate bread. Man, little baby, double chocolate, chocolate man. Little baby, double chocolate bread. Little baby, double chocolate, chocolate man. Little baby, double chocolate bread. Every night before I go on to bed, I run to the cupboard for my shopping bread. Grandma goes to make a bed, but she's full of pepper making shopping bread. Yeah.
Miss Canova, did that come out of you? I you know think that so. was very good. I believe you have possibilities. I like your novel way of putting over a song. Have you ever been in pictures? Yeah, quite a few. Were they B pictures? B pictures? No, they're about people. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, once they wanted me to play in a picture opposite Dorothy Lamour. You? Opposite Dorothy Lamour? Yep, I was the most opposite thing they could find. <laughs> You see, Miss and Hickson? they look, believe me. They did. <laughs> oh, Miss Hickson, how unaffected she is. Frankly, Miss Canova, I'm interested in you. Oh, golly, that's well. Now, uh, what else do you do on your radio program? Well, here, I'll play this record again. This here's the part in the show where I tell about Ma and Pa back home in Texas Junkie, you know. Yeah, usually Ma says to Pa, she says to him, she says, Wake up, Pa. <laughs> Wake up, you lazy critter. <laughs> oh, gosh, more. Poor woodshed is on fire. <laughs> well, ain't you gonna do something about it? Quiet, more. I'm praying for rain. <laughs> trouble, Paul. Willie, our youngest youngin' fell down the well this morning. Well, don't worry, Ma. We got eleven more. <laughs> yep, I seed he was a missing when I started to fixin' breakfast. Yeah. I bet he'll show up just when I'm eating his egg. <laughs> Pa, I sure wish Grandpa wouldn't sit there fast asleep with his feet on the stove. Why, Ma? Oh, hit gives the neighbors the wrong impression. My cooking ain't that bad. Sure wish he'd take off them rubber sole shoes or else and keep his feet off in the stove. Why? Does that hurt anything more? Yeah, Pa, he's got his feet vulcanized to the pancake. <laughs> Yesterday, I ate the first pancake I ever saw with Goodyear stamped on it. <laughs> Here, Pa, here's a glass of milk to start the day. Oh, Ma, I don't like that stuff. Now, drink it, Pa. Everybody likes milk. Eating the cows like it. What makes you think cows like it? Well, I sure have a terrible time of getting it away from them. <laughs> Look, Pa, here comes Judy's dumb boyfriend, Lukey, up on the porch. How do you <laughs> Oh, 
what I've got. A box of the new 1948 Super Suds. Lady, are you going to be happy? No other soap in the world can wash clothes whiter or get out more dirt than the new Extra Sudsy 1948 Super Suds. Tell me more. The new 1948 Super Suds gives Extra Suds. The Suds do the work. You need no bleach. All you need is the new 1948 Super Suds with Extra Suds for Extra Whiteness. Colgate Palm Olive Pete brings you the sudsiest Super Suds of all time. Just one box of this new 1948 Super Suds can fill a trolley car to overflowing with suds. Buy a box at your grocer's and carry home a carload of suds. Super Suds now gives more suds, extra suds for whiter duds. No other soap can wash clothes whiter, get out more dirt or wash them brighter. Now back to Judy Canova and the sportsman and the beautiful Irving Berlin ballad, What'll I Do? What'll I do when you Canova Show is written by Fred Fox and Henry Hooper with John Ward and is produced and directed by Joe Rhines. This is Howard Petrie asking you to use Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair and the new 1948 Super Suds with extra suds for extra whiteness. Now, here's Judy. Thank you, Howard. Folks, it was awfully nice being with you tonight and I hope we'll all be together again next Saturday night. 
In the meantime, please don't forget the two products that bring us together each week. Halo Shampoo and Super Suds, the bestest in the world. This is Judy Canova from Hollywood singing. Go to sleepy little baby. Go to sleepy little baby. When you wake your fatty, fatty cake, ride a shiny little corn. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Hallmark Charlotte Greenwood Show. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Charlotte Greenwood is brought to you this Sunday and every Sunday at this time by the makers of Hallmark Greeting Cards to remind you that every time you want to remember someone, you'll find a Hallmark card that says just what you want to say and the way you want to say it. So when you choose a card, look on the back for the three identifying words, a Hallmark card. Yes, don't forget, a Hallmark card will best express your perfect taste, your thoughtfulness. And here is our star, that lovable lady of stage, screen, and radio, Charlotte Greenwood. Right now, a problem is coming up, for it's after five on a midweek afternoon, and Bobby hasn't yet returned from school. Jack is saying... Well, if you want my advice, Aunt Charlotte, when Bobby does come home, you better turn him over your knee. Yes, there's no excuse for him being this late. And a good spanking will get it into his head. Barbara, how can you get anything into a child's head by pounding the other end? <laughs> well, I know Jack and I got spanked plenty when we were little. Yeah, and you never forget a good paddling. Yes, I know. I may have forgotten some of the things I learned at my mother's knee, but I'll never forget the things I learned over it. <laughs> Even though that's all behind me. <laughs> you see, now that's why I say you ought to give Bobby a spanking. But, Jack, I'm not sure that Robert and I are on spanking terms. Besides, he may have a good reason for being so late. He's probably been wasting the whole afternoon playing with some boy. Is that bad? I know a girl who spent her whole life trying to find some boy to play with. <laughs> Mr. Anthony called her the case of Miss C.G. Very touching. Oh, and Charlotte. And what's more, 30,000 privates picked her as the girl they'd most like to see marooned on a desert island with their top sergeant. <laughs> I know her well. Oh, no kidding, Aunt Charlotte. I, I think that you ought to... Well, look who walked, finally walked in. You're right. Charlotte... Well, Robert, I'd love to have you play after school, darling, but I do wish you'd come home first and tell me where you're going to be. Well, I wasn't playing. And what kept you? That teacher. What, Miss Ryan kept you after school? What for, Robert? Well, just because I don't like arithmetic. Mm. 
I see teachers are having the same trouble they had when I was young, trying to make little things count. <laughs> Didn't you do your arithmetic properly? Oh, who could? Them goofy problems. Well, I'm no expert on arithmetic either. If I knew anything about figures, would I keep the one I've got? <laughs> <laughs> but joking aside, education is very important. But why do I have to go to school to get it? Gee whiz, where else are you going to get an education? You can have a private tutor. Huh? Now, you take Reggie Wilford. Oh, you take Reggie Wilford and welcome that conceited little icky. Now, Jack, that's not nice. Well, Reggie Wilford is conceited, Aunt Charlotte. He's only nine years old, but he goes around telling people about his high IQ. Well, I wouldn't criticize a boy with a high IQ. Wait till he grows up and see if it gets him a good J-O-B. <laughs> Does Reggie have a private tutor, Robert? Yeah, Professor Katie from Miss Entry School. Oh, yes. I like Professor Katie. He's that little man who always looks like he's nibbling on a lettuce leaf. <laughs> Does he take outside tutoring assignments? Yeah, and Reggie says he's swell. He lets him do what he wants to do whenever he feels like it. Can't, Charlotte, could I have a tutor? <laughs> well, I'll think about it, Robert. Now, you run along and clean up now for dinner. And good, too. Judge Cronin and Mr. Anderson are coming. Okay, Aunt Charlotte. Are you kidding, Aunt Charlotte? A tutor for him? Well, it might be a good idea, Jack. School will be out soon. If he doesn't pass, you know, he, he, if he doesn't get better marks, he won't pass. Professor Katie might be just what Robert needs. Well, if you ask me, what he needs is an old-fashioned spanking. My goodness, I never saw anyone that's so anxious to get at the seat of the trouble. <laughs> That was a wonderful dinner. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Mr. Anderson. If food has to go to waste, I'd rather see it go to your waste than anybody's. Who cares about his waste? But you, Miss Greenwood, if you have dinners like this very often, I wager you have to keep your eye on your uh, contours. Yes, sir, Judge Cronin. We girls always keep an eye on our contours. <clears throat> if we don't, neither do the boys. <laughs> and, uh... Talking about boys, I've got a problem to talk over with both of you now that the children have gone upstairs. Oh, of course, of course. Delighted to give you the benefit of my experience, Miss Greenwood. Now, what is the problem? Legal, financial, or ethical? It's mathematical. Hey, well, that lets Cronin out. He can't count above ten without taking off his shoes. <laughs> oh, is that so? Uh, I'll have you know that when I was in college, I led my class in mathematics. Why, there wasn't an algebra problem in the world in which I couldn't find the missing quantity X. Well, Judge, things are different nowadays. The problem is to find the missing quantity ham. What? <laughs> oh, oh, ham and X. Oh, yeah. That's cute. I like that. <laughs> that reminds me of another delightful joke. Did you ever hear about the little pig who went to the baby beauty contest? No, Judge. What did he do? <laughs> well, he... he, he I forgot the answer. <laughs> Fine thing. Start a story and forget the point. You've got a memory like a sieve. On the contrary, Mr. Anderson, I think he has a wonderful memory. Now, there. See? Only the trouble is it's a little short for him. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, it is Now, uh, just what is this mathematical problem, Charlotte? Well, it started with Robert's arithmetic. You see, he seems to have lost all interest in his studies. I don't know exactly what to do. Let me think now. This little pig went to the bathing beauty car. Oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. Oh, something about Robert's studies you said in the Mm-hmm. He isn't going to pass unless he changes soon. He's been telling me all about Reggie Wilford's private tutor. Can you tell me more about Professor Cady? Professor Cady? Oh, yes, yes. Uh -huh. I understand he's developed some very unusual theories of child education. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. He was down at the paper the other day trying to interest me in giving him some space. 
talked to me for two hours about his theory. Sounded very interesting. Hmm. Just what are his theories, Mr. Anderson? Well, they're very interesting. They're, um, they're, uh... Yes, yes, yes. Well, I seem to have forgotten the details, but they're very interesting. Oh, you forgot now who's got a wonderful memory. All right, all right. What's that story about the little pig? Now, boys, now, boys, let's get back to Professor Cady. I've met him, you know, but would he be good for Robert? Well, Charlotte, it wouldn't do any harm to have him tutor Bobby after school for a week or two and find out for yourself. Yes, yes, and it wouldn't cost much. All right, Judge, will you get in touch with Professor Cady and have him come out tomorrow and talk to me? Oh, of course, of course. Jimmy, I wish I could remember that story about the little pig. Look, Cronin, try hard. Yes? The little pig went to a bathing beauty contest. Yes. And then what? Oh, I know. (laughs) What? He went woo, 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 all the way home. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. Professor Katie, it was nice of you to call so soon. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Uh, Judge Cronin intimated in his conversation with me, Miss Greenwood, that you might be interested in advancing the intellectual attainments of your young nephew. (laughs) No, not all that. I just want to make him a little smarter mentally without making him smart elsewhere. (laughs) You see what I mean? I see. Then let me say, Miss Greenwood, that you are indeed fortunate in negotiating for my services. All right. All right what? I'll let you say it. (laughs) I see. With all modesty, Miss Greenwood, I am distinctly not the ordinary type of tutor. No. No. Robert, after school for two weeks, 
and try and get his grades, you know, up so he'll pass. And if I find things aren't satisfactory after two weeks, I have the privilege of stopping the lessons. Is that agreeable? Definitely agreeable, Miss Greenwood. I shall start Robert's lessons this very afternoon. I leave you now with the watchword of the Katie course of Kitty Culture. High IQ. <laughs> Thank you, Professor Katie. High IQ, too. <laughs> Madam, this is 403 Spring Street, I take it. That's right. Good, good, good. Then this is the Barton residence, I take it. Right again. Good, good, good. Then you, I take it, are Mrs. Greenwood. No, I take it this time. I'm not Mrs. Greenwood. I am Miss Greenwood. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're sorry. <laughs> now, what can I do for you, sir? Uh, Miss Greenwood, I am William W. Wilford. D. William W. Wilford of the Wilford Publishing Company. Oh, yes, you're going to publish Professor Katie's book. I've heard of you, and good, too. Good, good, good. <laughs> Professor Katie is a remarkable man, a great tutor. Ah, but perhaps you wonder why I have come here to heap these praises upon him. Yes, I do. You think a tutor could blow his own horn. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> well, the fact is, I feel you could do me a great service. Would you mind when I bring out Professor Katie's book? Have I stated my advertisements that the Hollywood star Charlotte Greenwood recommends the Katie method? Well, now, wait. I can't endorse a method I don't know. No, 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 no. Not an endorsement. I merely wish to say that the Katie course has been tried by people with standing. And certainly the public thinks of you as a woman of standing. <laughs> well, the way I'm built, sometimes they even think of me as standing when I'm really sitting. <laughs> but I can't recommend the Katie course until my nephew has tried it. Oh, but I assure you, you'll be delighted, Miss Greenwood. And you know, my son has been taking from Professor Katie, and he's making wonderful progress. Yes, I've heard. He's waiting out in the car. I'd like to have you meet him. Coming, Peter. Coming right away. What did you wish, Peter? Come right up on the porch, son. Yes, Peter, something. Reggie, I'd like to have you meet Miss Greenwood. How do you do, Reggie? Good afternoon, Miss Greenwood. I'm charmed to make your acquaintance. Delightful weather, is it not? My, what a well-mannered little boy. <laughs> Entirely a result of Professor Katie's training, Miss Greenwood. <laughs> it shows what can be done when the child is encouraged to throw off his inhibitions and do the things he feels like doing. <laughs> Tremendous stimulus to the child's mind, too. Ask him a question, Miss Greenwood. Make it a difficult one. Yes. Well, now let's see. Reggie? Yes, Miss Greenwood? What is the Einstein theory? Could uh, you be more specific? Well, how can I? Just tell me, what is the Einstein theory? But, Miss Greenwood, which one? Which one? The restricted theory or the general theory? Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. Uh... You see what I mean, Miss Greenwood? Oh, I must say I'm quite impressed, Mr. Wilford. If Robert turns out like this, I'll be delighted. Good, good, good. Then we'll bid you good afternoon, Miss Greenwood, and thank you very much. Goodbye, Mr. Wilford. Goodbye, Reggie. Goodbye. My regards to Einstein. All right, son, let us go back to the car. Yes, Peter. Oh, 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 oh! Reggie, who put this banana peel on the steps? I did, Peter. Why, Reggie? I just felt like doing it, Peter. So I threw off my inhibitions and did it. Reggie, my lad. Peter is planning to publish Professor Cady's book. Peter hopes to make a pile of money. 
Particularly if Taker can use Miss Greenwood's name. And so... So, hereafter, when you're around Miss Greenwood, watch those inhibitions. It's a funny thing, the way fathers are. Seems they're always thinking of us. Providing for us. Planning for our future. But on Father's Day, we have a chance to show Dad a little thoughtfulness. And we can do it so well with a thoughtful card. Father's Day is next Sunday. And your Hallmark dealer still has many fine, tasteful cards that will appeal to fathers of every age and of every temperament. You'll find a card that tells your dad how deeply he's appreciated. How much you value his understanding. How very proud of him you are. Or perhaps he'd like a humorous card, a clever verse in a gay design that tells Pop he's a grand guy. You'll want cards with Father's Day wishes for Dad from every member of the family and loving messages for fathers who are in the service, away at camp. You can find a card that says just what you want to say the way you want to say it. So don't let your dad be the forgotten man next Sunday. Make your selections this week. Hallmark cards are on display at America's Finest Stories. Remember, a Hallmark card will best express your perfect taste, your thoughtfulness. Well, Charles agreed to let Professor Katie tutor young Bobby. But the professor's theories of letting children do what they want to do have made more of a change in the boy than Charlotte suspects. Now it's three days later in the Barton home and the door chimes ring. Good afternoon, Miss Greenwood. I don't know if you remember me. Why, of course. You're Miss Ryan, Robert's teacher. Do come in. Thank you. Miss Greenwood. Yes? I just had to see you about Robert. He used to be one of the best-behaved boys in my class. But now, oh dear, it's just terrible. What has he done? Everything, Miss Greenwood. He talks when he's supposed to be studying. He gets up out of his seat and draws pictures on the blackboard. He reads newspapers when he's supposed to be doing his arithmetic. And when I reprimand him, he says he's just expressing his individuality. What, my Robert? Extraordinary. Miss Greenwood, I have 30 children in my class. 30, and my hands are full with three. If all my children expressed their individualities, where would I be? I can't have this, Miss Greenwood. Something must be done about Robert. Miss Ryan, there's nobody I respect more than a conscientious, hard-working school teacher. Robert has had a private tutor, and all this started because I wanted to make things easier for you. Believe me, something will be done. Oh, thank you, Miss Greenwood. Oh, you have a caller. I'll have to hurry anyway. Good afternoon, good afternoon, Miss Greenwood. Oh, I was just thinking about you, Professor Katie. Mm, may I enter? Yes, do. Thank you. Goodbye, Miss Greenwood. And Miss Ryan, don't fret about that matter we were discussing. Everything's going to be all right. Well, the sooner the better. Goodbye. I have just had the most delightful session with little Reggie Wilford. Amazing intelligence. Incredible individuality. Professor Cady, I have something very important to talk over with you. I see. Proceed, Miss Greenwood. I'm not satisfied with the way Robert's progressing. I see. And so? And so, I'm going to ask you to stop tutoring him. Uh, what? 
drop the Katy course of Kitty Culture after only three days? This is incredible. I agree to try two weeks, Professor Katie, but I'll pay you for the full time. I am not considering the financial angle, Miss Greenwood. Why, I haven't been working with Robert long enough to unloose his inhibitions. His complexes are still chaos. Well, that's just what his school will be if he keeps on with you. But you don't understand how diligently I've striven. Look, Professor Katie, I realize that you're sincere... But your method isn't working out for Robert. But let me read you the manuscript of my book. I have it right here in my brief... Hmm. Where is my briefcase? I know I had it when I left the Wilford home. Oh, Professor, you need this? Oh, Robert! <laughs> you have the briefcase there in your pudgy little fist. Yeah, you left it in your car outside. I thought you might want it. Ah, uh, now that is a fine, intelligent young gentleman. Thank you. You see now, Miss Greenwood, what the Katie Course teaches? Yes, and I see something else. Robert, where in the world did you get all that black grease on your hands? Well, gee, Aunt Charlotte, Professor Katie's been teaching me to do the things I wanted to do. Yes? So this afternoon I wanted to take Jack's car apart. Well, young man, you'd better get it back together again or Jack will take you apart. Hmm, most significant. I must add that to my book. Now, just a second till I open my briefcase, Miss Greenwood, and I'll show you... Oh. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Look at my manuscript. What's that mess? A manuscript? Look. Torn into fragments. Covered with grease. Black ends in grease. Gosh. How'd that happen? I see. You, young man. Look at your hands. The same grease. Identically. But I didn't do it. A most unlikely story. But, Professor Katie, if he did it, it's your own fault. My fault? You taught him to do the things he wanted to do. Miss Greenwood, this has been an intolerable, insufferable interview. Good afternoon. Hey, wait. Mm, we forgot his briefcase. I don't think that manuscript would be much use to him now, Robert. Tell me, son. I know you've been told to do the things you wanted to do. But why did you want to do this? I didn't do it, Aunt Charlotte. Honest, I didn't. I believe you, Robert. Gosh, why would I want to spoil the professor's book? I can think of a lot of reasons why I would. Well, boys, good evening. Good evening. What's good about it? Yes, yeah, Miss Greenwood. When I look at you, I can't understand how you get yourself into these awful things. Well, this dress may be old, but I didn't think it was awful. Please, we're not talking about a dress shop. No, Miss Greenwood. The Barton Estate is threatened with a damage suit on account of that manuscript of Professor Cady's that was destroyed. Oh, that's ridiculous. Professor Cady shouldn't sue me. He should thank me for making him write it over differently, I hope. But that's just it, Charlotte. He refused to write it over. He says he won't have anything more to do with it. Yes, and the man who threatened suit is the publisher, Wilford, because he planned to publish the book and make a pile of money. But don't fret, Charlotte. Cronin's going to handle the case for you. You'll have the services of one of the country's best lawyers. Oh, good. Who? Yes, who? Oh, oh no, that's me. He gets that grown. Uh, <laughs> Charlotte, if Bobby just hadn't ruined that manuscript. But he didn't. How do you know? He told me so. Oh, pish, tush, Miss Greenwood. Frankly, if a boy is taught to do what he wants, isn't it possible that he might want to, uh, well, fib? Certainly is. Professor Katie and his crazy system. Charlotte, why did you ever fall for that yes. stuff? Now, wait a minute now. You two suggested the professor. Yes. Oh, did we? Uh, well, he was the one. I, 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 I can't remember. Yes, that's... Besides, that has very little to do with the case. Yes. The point is, who, who 
Who? Who? Oh, Mr. Anderson, you sound like an old owl. And not half as wise. Oh. Pardon me. Mr. Wilford. Well, Miss Greenwood, you've certainly got me in a mess. Come in, Reggie. Right with you, Peter. Good evening, Miss Greenwood. Good evening, Reggie. And look who's here, Professor Cady. Miss Greenwood, I came to tell you I've been thinking about all of the annoyance my theories have caused you. But as the poet says, and I quote, could we but undo all the blunders we make as the sunshine the winter snow cancels, tis allowed that tis human to make a mistake. That's why they have rubbers on cancels. <laughs> unquote. Oh, please, quit these quotes and unquote. What is all of it? What? But, but, gentlemen, men, Miss Greenwood, let me take this opportunity to say that there is no longer a Katie course of Kitty Cole. Oh, congratulations, oh. Professor Katie. Thank you. Today's experience has taught me an invaluable lesson. I may resume tutoring, but along entirely conventional lines. Now, just a minute, everybody. Let's get this thing straightened out. Am I going to sue the botanist state, or are you going to settle out of court? Neither, Mr. Wilford, because Robert didn't ruin that manuscript. That, madam, is preposterous. Grease on his hands. Grease on the manuscript. It adds up to Robert. Your arithmetic is bad, too, isn't it, Mr. Wilford? What do you mean? You see, I tried to clean these pages off. And look what I found. Mr. Anderson, is that stuff grease? Smell it. Let me see. Hey, that's printer's ink. Huh? Printer's ink? Well, how could Robert get that? That's just the point, Judge Cronin. He couldn't. But there's somebody in this room who might. The son of a man who publishes books. What? Great Scott! I've got printer's ink in my basement. Mm-hmm. Reggie, come to Peter. But, gee, I was just doing what I wanted to do. Precisely. And now I shall do what I want to do. <laughs> Peter, let go of me. Uh, Miss Greenwood, may Reggie and I use your sitting room with a certain end in mind? With a certain end in mind? What's better than a sitting room? Come with me, Reggie. Hey, don't... Oh. Well, Charlotte, you saved the Barton estate a pile of money. Yes, and you've cleared Robert. Now, if we can just get him educated. Professor Cady, yes. would you be willing to tutor Robert? In your own good old-fashioned way? Definitely. I have found my theories were entirely erroneous about individualism. Good. It's great to be an individualist, but you can't interfere with the rights of other individuals. Mm-hmm. I see. Now, do you think that you can get Robert a passing grade? Most assuredly, Miss Greenwood, with the proper application. Oh, Gentlemen? Sounds like the proper application is being applied in the proper place. Mm-hmm. I see. back in a moment. Meanwhile, I want to remind you again, the next time you buy a card for any occasion, look on the back for the identifying words, a Hallmark card. H-A-L-L-M-A-R-K. A Hallmark card. Like sterling on silver, those three words are your assurance of finest quality. They tell your friends you cared enough to send the very best. Yes, A Hallmark card will best express your perfect taste, your thoughtfulness. And now, Charlotte Greenwood, 
friends, talking about Robert's school today reminded me of what a wonderful thing our ABCs really are. There are only 26 little letters in our alphabet, and yet they spell millions of words. And still, there's another kind of letter that I think is better yet, a useful kind you'll never find in any alphabet. It's just a single letter, but the things that it can do. It spells, hello, we miss you so, we're waiting home for you. It spells out love and faith and hope. It spells, you're in my heart. It spells, I pray each night and day, we won't be long apart. It's the biggest letter in the world, in every field and camp. Yes, nothing's better than that letter the kind that takes a stamp. And now, until next Sunday, at the very same time, this is Charlotte Greenwood saying, So long, friends, until we meet again. So long, neighbor, till next Sunday, I'll just Arthur Q. Bryan, and Edward Ryan, who appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. This is Wendell Niles speaking. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.